just give everyone a few minutes to log on and then we'll get started. All right, hello everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko, Editor-in-Chief of Club Solutions Magazine and welcome to our virtual thought leadership series. Today's session is sponsored by MXM and we'll surround the topic of member retention and engagement. We have a really awesome panel for you all. I'll, I'll let them introduce themselves here in a, a, a second. Um, I just did wanna encourage the attendees, if you have any questions, please feel free to put those in the Q&A or the chat box and we'll get to as many as you can. Highly encourage you to ask as many questions as you can. This is your time to you know, pick the brains of these awesome panelists we have for y'all today. Um, all right, well, Jeff, let's start with you. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, Jeff Lynn, Executive Director here in just south of Boston, Weymouth Club in Weymouth, Massachusetts. We're about 220,000 square feet, um, 4,000 memberships, 10,000 members pre-COVID. So we're now um, hovering around 2,600 memberships, working our way back. And uh, multi-purpose here, a lot going on, a lot of activities. Um, but I will say just anecdotally that we had a sale that closed out on Monday and we just missed the same amount of sales that we did in November for the month in one day. And we've grown our EFT. We believe by the end of next month, we have grown our EFT $100,000 in three months. Wow. Um, so about 25% back. So there's a lot to be excited about. I know Paul and I network and we've talked a lot to each other. She'll update you too, but a lot of long road for everybody, but the good news, at least from the Northeast, I'm sharing things are, things are looking up. We're going the right direction. So good to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. All right, April, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm April McCullough and I am from Arkansas. Um, we have four clubs here under the con uh, finds of the athletic clubs. We have Little Rock Athletic Club, uh, Downtown Athletic Club, Little Rock Racket Club, and North Little Rock Athletic Club. And I'm the general manager here at the North Little Rock Athletic Club. Awesome. Thank you. Adrian, how about you? Yes, uh, thanks for having me. I'm Adrian Antigua. I've been with Gainesville Health of Fitness for almost 14 years now. Uh, Gainesville Health of Fitness in Gainesville, Florida. Um, we have three facilities. Uh, <clears throat> Our largest facility just under about eight or just about 85,000 square feet, uh, 24,000 members or so currently. Um, and just we're on that growth path just uh, as well too right now. Um, things are in the right direction for us. Sorry about the background noise there. <laughs> it's um, okay. We've all gotten used to it. Yeah. And then um, I'm also uh, also the area developer for KidStrong, uh, which is Child Development Center um, here in Gainesville, Florida, and then also going to be growing as well too, different areas too. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Adrian. How about you, Evan? Thanks, Rachel, for uh, for having me. Uh, Evan Zupancic from Stafford Hills Club out here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we have a multi-purpose facility, uh, tennis, fitness, and aquatics, uh, a lot of kids programming, family programming. We have about 1,500 memberships, 1,600 memberships pre-COVID that dropped down to about 1,000 memberships during COVID. We've re rebuilt that up to about 1,250. So we're slowly getting those back in. A lot of things help, like mask mandates being lifted up and other things that we're going to talk about today, but uh, we're on the growth path up. Awesome. Glad to hear it. All right. How about you, Paula? 
Um, I am Paula Newbert. I'm the president and general manager of Club Greenwood, which is in Greenwood Village, Colorado. We're just a, a little suburb south of Denver. Um, we have 153,000 square foot facilities sit on 13 acres, two different buildings. One is the main club, which is 101,000 square feet, and then an indoor clay tennis facility that's uh, 52,000 square feet. Um, we uh, have about 220 employees right now. I think our proudest moment is COVID is keeping, during COVID is keeping every single one of them employed the entire time we were shut down. So I love to shout that out. Very proud moment here and proud moment for our ownership. Um, as all of you on our way back and seeing some great things happening and wanna keep this positive momentum going forward. So hopefully we're gonna talk about some great things today and stop talking about the bad things that COVID did. <laughs> yes, hey, exactly. Rachel, Rachel, before we move on, I think Adrian should introduce uh, his dog just cause you know, I think he's gonna want to get involved and we should at least know the name of uh, your dog, Adrian. True, Adrian. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. It's actually a friend of ours dog who's at the house. So you don't know the name. Didn't realize that it was yeah, this way. Uh, so I apologize. I'll keep myself on mute. For <laughs> You're fine. Thank you. Yeah, well, thanks, everyone. And uh, like Paula said, uh, speaking of positive news, I want to be sure to address the recent CDC updated guidance lifting masks for vaccinated individuals in most settings, which I know is welcome news for a lot of clubs across the US. So I just wanna hear from a few of you on what impact that has had at your facility, how you've handled this. Yeah, just what has the reaction been? Paula, let's start with you. I know you were pretty happy before we started. We are, we would like to change our name from Club Greenwood to Happy Club this week because <laughs> everything is happy. Uh, Obviously, the CDC came out with their statement last week. We have been going by the book um, as far as what our governor has said, uh, CDPHE, which is our state um, health department, and then also our local health department. So we were waiting for the governor to make a, a statement after the CDC came out. He did. And our local government that we're governed under as well um, was in a full mask mandate until Saturday night at midnight. They did follow the CDC recommendation and added another piece for us, which just made, which made us pretty much go cold turkey overnight. Um, our governor came out and uh, the new state mask mandate is fully vaccinated individuals are not required to wear a mask indoors. And the kicker that he did is unvaccinated individuals are highly suggested, but no longer required. So we pretty much went from full masks at midnight Saturday night to you can take off your mask no matter what on Sunday morning. Um, and we are seeing the majority of people out of their mask. There are still some folks that are, are keeping their mask on. One other caveat that we did is we are keeping our employees in a mask for two week increments. So we're keeping them in a mask, obviously just to continue to provide a safe environment, work environment for them. And then we'll reevaluate every two weeks and try to transition them out as well if all goes well. So happy Club Greenwood around here. <laughs> awesome. And then uh, for attendees who may not know, um, um, you guys are still doing physical distancing and, and the cleaning and sanitizing protocols. No, we are level clear as okay. well. 100%. I mean, it's we're just back to pre-COVID is where we are. Um, and so awesome. we're, we're level clear. Now we still have 
you know, all of our sanitation and different things in place. But right now we are absolutely level clear with everything going the right direction here in Colorado. It's, it's a very exciting time, definitely. Awesome, perfect. I think we lost Adrian, hopefully he comes back. <laughs> Paula, how do you really how do you really feel about it, Paula? Are you I know. We just keep smiling here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right, uh, Jeff, you want to weigh in? Yeah, I mean, very similar to Paula uh, in terms of very strict here in the Northeast, very strict in Boston area. Um, the state had very strict guidelines that we followed all the way through, didn't skip a beat. So we're effective the 29th, which is, uh, I believe that's a, a, week, a week from this Saturday. Um, we, I just got out of a meeting, planning communication, making our decisions. Um, but the state of what they are uh, licensing, for example, camps or they're licensing childcare areas, they do have some mandates under their licensing. So we do need to follow mass mandatory. So we're lifting the mask, by the way. We debate, let me back up and say we debated about should we do this, should we do that? Networking, by the way, is I can't stress that enough. It just helps uh, listening to everybody's perspective and decision-making process. Uh, Paula just said something that was really huge to part of our thinking uh, in terms of if you go mask optional period, you know, what does that mean for the outside of the four walls? Will you bring, get people to come back and listen here say that happens. That's a big part of our discussion. We took a long time. We have a good senior population here. We took some, you know, time deliberating saying, should we do something in between? But at the end of the day, listening to the networking, we're ripping the bandaid off. That's the approach. We're basically moving forward, uh, mass optional. People are excited about that, but going back to the kids. So a little of the sticky part is that you got to follow the guidelines with the state, which is totally understandable. Um, I was mentioned to you guys pre the start of this that I've been following all the um, COVID cases that are reported to me. I will say that there's been the largest amount of COVID cases uh, this month being halfway through since the surge, but only with kids. So kids are real because they're not vaccinated. It is moving around them. I don't think it's uh, part of the schools. I think it's they're hanging around more. So they're back to school here. They've gone back to school. So we are um, uh, most likely going. So stuff that's not uh, covered by the state in terms of licensing. So our child care center um, and some of our programming, we're kind of saying, well, it's, it's contradictory. If, if we're doing that in our camps, then we don't do it here. So we're going to go mask mandatory um, with, with the child care center, a lot of our programs, and we're gonna go through that uh, till school gets out. And we're gonna kind of follow school getting out. At least that's our approach right now. So um, I think that's a quick summary of where we're at. But very happy, like Paula, very, very happy. This is, this is big for us. And, and unlike, I wouldn't say unlike Paula, but we are keeping all of our protocols in place. Um, you know, so meaning we spent a lot of money with, um, uh, you know, dividers in the cardio area. We're going to keep those up. We're going to keep the, the, the distance in the group exercise class. So we're 10 feet um, in, in the main group exercise studio. And we're 14 in another space. So we're going to keep that distancing. We're going to keep, uh, you know, some of the restrictions in place, most of them in place, and then move those slowly as we go through. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you sharing your thought process, uh, thinking, making behind the kids and masks too. That's super helpful. April, anything that you could share um, based off of your experience in Arkansas with uh, mass mandates or any advice for how clubs might be able to make those decisions in their area? Well, I'm like Paula as well. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, we already took our masks off last month and um, 
asked our members to wear them only if they wanted to. We encouraged them to, to wear the mask, but um, the staff continued to wear them. Um, since then, we've had the, the guidelines come out. So we're, we're pretty comfortable taking them off and we are seeing a resurge of our members come in. Um, I guess I didn't even attribute to them returning that those guidelines were out. And man, we've seen people come back in here in the drove. So we're grateful for it. Um, we are just allowing them to work out just like they would pre-COVID and um, not restricting them in any way, form or fashion, um, allowing them to police themselves. And we, we haven't had many um, to complain or um, be affected by it. Um, I know there will be some of our senior population that uh, will just choose not to come back in, but um, at some point, um, I think they'll they'll decide that it's safe enough. Yeah, awesome. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I just I want to add a couple things. Just that um, uh, you know, one of the key things in communication that we're going to do that maybe in some cases uh, around the country is that reminding our members when we take this step in this direction that you're gonna get the nervous people. Um, but we spent five months operating this club with mask optional um, and, and no vaccines uh, out. And we had zero transmissions. So we're gonna really, really drive that point home uh, to, to the membership base uh, to understand that we are absolutely confident in our protocols and procedures to keep everybody safe. And I think that's an important point. And then for us, we are going mask optional with staff. Um, and a shout out to Scott Gillespie at SACO. He made a really good email to his membership base and he put out there in the communication, if you feel uncomfortable, please tell our staff that you'd like them to wear a mask if you're in a one-on-one -on -one situation with them. Um, so I'm speaking with staff that if they work in an office, you know, immediately say that, um, you know, I, I, you know, like, actually, we're going to put a mask on for a little bit right away and then tell them to proactively communicate. Would you like me to put a mask on? Don't even wait for them to ask. Just uh, just be proactive for a while until this settles out. So a couple other tips I want to add. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Adrian, anything you want to add before we move on to some other questions? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we pretty much followed exactly like what Paula said. Um, you know, we, we followed the state's and government's guidelines from day one. Um, and we didn't want to have any gray areas uh, as far as like, when should we take it off? Is now the right time or is, is not, you know, is two months the right time? Who, who knows what that's going to be? So we just stuck to it and just said, okay, when the government says it's time, that's, that's what we're going to follow also. Because then it just made it really clear for everybody else um, to understand what we were doing since day one. Um, to kind of follow what Jeff was saying, uh, for us, what we were actually doing was being proactive um, early on, as soon as Texas announced um, that they were, you know, kind of dropping the mandates, we were like, okay, we're not that far behind. So at that point, we really started pushing out a lot of our, our marketing in regards to these are the things we've done, you know, the UV filter, the clean air systems, the tests that we've done in the, in the center and so on and so forth, and really just hammering that, that out um, and are continuing to do, to, to do that as well too. Um, I'd say on the other aspect of things is, um, I guess, different from what you were, you were mentioning there, Jeff, as far as uh, messaging out uh, members, uh, you know, about the masks, we didn't include anything to members uh, that this is what we are doing. It's just as they came in, um, you know, the signs were down. And as if they asked, that was that. We really didn't want to draw much more attention um, that was necessary, at least for us. Um, but as of last week, um, masks have been optional at our clubs. 
And then as of this week, we've we've made it optional for our employees as well. Yeah, this is great because it's what you all do, attendees, is really going to be dependent on where you're at in the country, your membership base. So I think it's really great to hear everyone's varied perspectives, depending on where they're located in the U.S. So I appreciate you all sharing that. All right, well, let's move on to uh, the main topic, which is member retention and re-engagement. My first question is, you know, as you know, members are coming back, it sounds like it's very encouraging. We are hearing a lot about members coming back in droves. What strategies are you using to re-engage your members as they come back off of freeze or even if they're new members? Evan, let's start with you. Yeah, um, well, I think that, you know, members and staff and the entire public right now is just craving consistency, right? They wanna have a message that you know what you're doing and also they wanna reestablish their routines, right? As members, they wanna get back into what they love to do in your club. Um, they wanna feel safe again, they wanna feel secure. And I think for the most part, everybody does feel that right now. Um, but it's our job to again, reestablish their routines and get them involved in the programs, let them know how things have changed, proactively communicate as best you possibly can. I think I've heard that said by Jeff and others is, the communication throughout this process has been critical and it's almost been a little bit, you know, to our enemy too, because there's been so much communication out there and the seesaw effect of, you know, a guideline that goes one way and then, you know, the way our members react to it, you kind of have to go back and forth with those, you know, with, with the members expectations. So Again, just incrementally opening up your club, incrementally giving little, you know, a few more group X classes or more swim lane times or more kids in those kids club area. I think just giving them that feeling that you're growing, you're moving forward and you're progressing and giving that consistency rather than have this back and forth approach. Yeah. April, anything that you'd add on this question? Um, I would agree with Evan. Um, consistency and communication, I think, goes a long way. Um, like most clubs, we have been calling our members, um, those on freeze, um, those who have been in since we reopened, um, and we just call and check on them, allow them to ask questions about um, the club, how things are, and just to get an idea of what we're doing here. Um, but we've also been doing a little something different, and we've started some research on employee engagement. Um, having our employees engaged is huge. Um, and if we can define engagement, I think we settle down to um, excitement and enthusiasm about what they're doing and what they're a part of. Um, it makes people want to come in. And if we're engaged, we feel like that's a strong indicator or it's directly tied to um, the members being engaged. So we want to just give the members that um, and allow them to be excited about returning to the club. Yeah, no, that's a great point for sure. Um, they're definitely directly correlated between having long tenure with your employees and an engaged staff um, directly correlated to longer memberships and a engaged membership. So that's a great point. Paula, anything that you'd add on uh, re-engaging members as they re-enter the club? Uh, good comments from everybody in April. That was a great comment. Um, the only thing that I would add on top of that is as they're coming back, personal welcome back. 
Um, that's for your team and your, especially your management team, which I mean, we've spent, unfortunately, majority of my time in my office because we've had to do so much other administrative stuff during this whole time, whether it's working with government and so forth, get out of your office now. Your people are coming back, welcome them. And they wanna see you, they wanna see your face. They also wanna compliment you for the job you've done. So get out there, take the compliment and talk to people. And I mean, that's what I've found has been really, um, everybody wants to get back to that social piece and they wanna re-engage with you and have a conversation with you. So get your managers back there, get your lead people out, you get on the floor and personally welcome them back. They wanna feel valued by everybody. If your ownership too, um, our ownership gets out there and says hello, it, you know, the same thing, just welcome them back personally. Yeah, that's a great thing about no masks as well as you can actually see people's smiling faces and there's just an increased level of engagement there. Great point. Adrian, anything that you'd add on um, how you can successfully reintegrate gym members? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as Evan was saying, we communicate a lot via email and everything else, but I also know a lot of people don't even pay attention to those things at the same time too. Um, so when they're coming back in, uh, you can see them. I mean, you can spot them from a mile away because they kind of walk in slow. They're not really sure. They're, they're just a brand new person again. And so we take the time just going over, hey, look, these are the things that we've done while you were away. These are the changes that we've put into place, the, the, the safety measures and so on and so forth. Um, so really hitting that heavily. Um, and the same notion, we, do, we treat them just like new members also. So um, what we'll do on what we've been doing is, and I don't unfortunately have numbers to, to back this up on how it's going, uh, it's, but it's because it's very new. Um, but we've been pulling um, new, new visit reports for people who haven't visited in the last year. And we're sending them out um, invitations to do like a pre-personal training assessment um, to go through um, and have a free month of like the hydro massage uh, beds. Um, and just all those same things that we would initiate for a new member we're initiating them again, because again, that they haven't done those things in some, some time. Um, so we're just trying to get them, trying to figure out ways to get them back to that consistency like Evan was talking about in the beginning. Um, so just treat them just like as they're brand new and hopefully they can get that consistency that they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, getting members into programs is extremely important to member retention and engagement. And I know Jeff, you probably have a lot of thoughts on this. I know it's extremely important at Weymouth Club getting members into programs. Yeah, that is big, but I, I will kind of piggyback from Adrian and go over a couple of the things um, that pre-COVID, we, this is what we would do with new members. We, I'd have my membership um, administrator take the total list of everybody that joined the club. And I, we divided it out into department managers and we had a draft email put together. And there's a lot of benefits. When you come into our club being 220,000 square feet, there's so much going on there's no way people are going to retain that information when they join the club. It's just, it's just not possible. So we craft communications, very clear outline. What's complimentary. What are things that you can take advantage of? So with that's complimentary visit with our dietitian, if that is uh, fast track tennis, which means learn how to become a tennis player in three weeks and it's all complimentary membership, that's bullet pointed out in an email uh, to the people. But most importantly, we align up like for example, family membership units, with my kid center manager and or my aquatics manager. And then we, we line the, the, the membership types up with the managers that would the best we can. Um, we make some assumptions. So it's like an individual membership, we'll give it to tennis. 
you know, maybe it's an individual member that's looking to do something social with tennis or something, but, but we try to line it up and then accountability, right? So this is the second part. Then we put that on a shared drive with everyone's name assigned with the people. And by the way, it doesn't take long at all. Literally takes probably about 10 minutes out of the manager's day. They'll probably end up with other units that we do between having 15, 17 managers. They'll have about, you know, three to five calls or seven calls, depending upon the busyness of the, of the month, which one we're selling. But not only do they send the email, but they pick up the phone and then they call. And we actually have the notes. And I'm all over my, <laughs> my director of finance. You know, those people who don't really like to socialize much. I say, you know, you've never put one note in here about speaking to anybody. I know you're not doing it. You're just sending the email and then you're moving on. So the point is that a lot of people just, just send the email. They don't pick up the phone. But I, I, I would encourage this system. Really, really important right now. So that's number one. Number two is a little bit with Adrian piggybacking on. We, we have an AI system, artificial intelligence. And we, we launched a tune-up campaign uh, with your fitness level. Um, and that works with AI. It's just out there communicating, 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 uh, you know, without being too annoying. Um, and we've had a tremendous success with that. We've had almost like 150 engagements with people on booking appointments. So um, it's a great way if you have a, you know, depleted, you know, a fitness team that you have new people on board and you can kind of line those, those two things up. So I just want to share those two. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Um, all right. Well, you know, I'm really curious, what does great customer service look like today and have, have consumers expectations changed post pandemic? What are your all thoughts on that? Adrian, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I don't know for, for us, we had such a high regard for customer service that to be quite honest with you, it hasn't really changed in our clubs. Um, you know, we, it's, it's just been always a high expectation for us. So if anything, I know that members are just more aware, um, of, of what you're doing. And so it just heightens in that sense of things. Uh, but as far as our practices, we haven't adjusted, um, really what we did done the pre COVID, um, yeah, that, that's really But again, but things are heightened. So I know that obviously cleanliness was also a number one factor for us. Sorry, guys. Uh, but um, really just sticking to making sure that the club is clean as possible. And then, you know, those handouts that we're saying that we are keeping sanitary and so on and so forth, that we're just backing up our word. Yeah. Yeah, the cleanliness expectation is definitely something that, I mean, I think most gym members expected their gyms to be clean, but um, it's under more scrutiny than ever before, and that's probably not going to change. So, um, April, what are your thoughts on uh, customer service, what that looks like today, and if uh, you think it's changed post-pandemic? I think it has changed. Um, I agree with Adrian that we did have a standard, and our, our members are used to that standard but we did actually put it um, under the microscope um, during this time. And we, we are looking for those areas that, um, that our members are looking at. So we're looking at it through their eyes to see what it is that they're looking for when they come in. Um, we wanna make sure that they're seeing those um, gym wipes around the club. We wanna make sure that they have stations where they can clean their equipment. Um, if they feel that we haven't done um, a great enough job. So we, we do, um, want to honor service and we want to make sure that we're we're letting our employees know that that's a priority right now um i tell them all the time that premium um prices demand premium service so we've got to step it up and um allow those members to make those suggestions and and tell us what they want so i think we are 
um, looking to uh, make service a priority um, with our club. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, April. Evan, you want to weigh in? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like we've talked about throughout all the panelists on this, you know, on this call here. I mean, every state is different, right? And even customer service probably state to state is different given on what, you know, the public perception has been and what their level of tension has been. You know, up here in the Northwest, we're probably a little bit more tense about things and people come in to the club with a little bit more of a guard up than maybe they do down in Florida. And I've, you know, talked to many other guys on our Rex roundtable across the country and they're, everybody's feeling something different. But ultimately what we've tried to convey to our team is to give people space, right? I'm not talking about social distancing or physical distancing, but actually give them space to communicate and seek to understand before being understood, right? So seek to understand what, how that person is feeling and how, what is going through their process why they're feeling tense, why they may have, be having a conflict with another member. And it's really made us actually step back and and exude calm confidence, right? We need to exude calm confidence to our members because when they come in, the first thing they look at is how we're gonna act. And if we're in a panicked mode or if we're in a, in a position of tension, they're definitely gonna match that. So we tell them everything's gonna be okay. You know, we listen first, we definitely listen first. And then doesn't mean we don't be understood because our side matters too, right, as business as business operators. So it has definitely given us a lot of opportunity to have great conversations with members and with our staff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that de-escalation versus fueling the agitation. So Paula, anything resonate or you want to add? You know, we're similar to Adrian. Our level of service that we deliver to our members should be up here all the time anyway. Um, so we really haven't changed a lot there other than learning from what happened during COVID as far as being more flexible, um, being a little bit more patient. You know, we want to always deliver a value um, with our membership. And the biggest thing is that the members wanted to be valued. You know, we hear time and time again, we supported you during the shutdown. We've been members for 25 years. We've been the, you know, so they just, they want to remind you how important they are. Don't give them the opportunity to remind you. Let them know right away how valuable they are. Be aware. I know you've been a member for 25 years, or I know that you supported us during the, during the pandemic. Thank you very much. So kind of going above that, um, you know, we use MXM. So, uh, you know, our customer experience is what we're trying to deliver all the time and listening to feedback from our members. And um, Evan had mentioned Rex. I'm also a Rex Roundtable member. And one of the webinars that we had listened to during this time was make the business, make, make it easy to do business with your company. So I think that's some of the things that we've also reevaluated during this time is, are there policies that we were so strict on doing that we've been able to lighten up a little bit or maybe be a little bit more flexible with and try to deliver that customer experience by being more flexible, but still trying to be consistent across our membership. That I think is the most difficult thing because you don't want to say, okay, well, this member got this and this member got this, but this one didn't. So you have to have some consistency, but what can you do with some of the policies to make it just a little bit easier 
to do business with you. So that's some other other topic. Yeah. Jeff, anything that you'd like to add? That, that's just a perfect segue to what I was going to comment on, which is reservation systems. Uh, we're going to continue and adopt that probably on forward because we it was a very poor customer service we were delivering pre-COVID in particular areas, one being lap swimming. We have a very, very busy aquatic area and uh, we lost memberships a lot because they'd come in, the pool would be busy, they'd stand there, they get frustrated and they turn around and walk out. Uh, and then you're either lucky because you don't know it and that they go in, well, I need, need to come at a different time, not like Paul was doing, make it easy to do business with you. They'd have to you know, circumvent their schedule inconvenience them to figure out when I can come in and truly not get frustrated and aggravated. So we adopted from COVID the reservation systems, pretty much everything except for fitness. And in particular, lap swimming has worked out really, really brilliantly. So it's a half hour reservation for the lap lane. We're actually installing like we have on our tennis courts. We have a buzzer because, you know, people playing tennis and then it's the hour is up and the buzzer goes. And, and so everyone's aware it's time to change over. So we're instituting a buzzer kind of in the aquatic area. So that half hour time has come. When they come in and they want to swim for an hour, which there's plenty of them, they can ask the desk, can I stay for an extra half hour? No problem, sir. I'll put your ma'am, I'll put you right in. Um, so the system has worked out brilliantly. So we can handle the volume. They can come in, have an expectation and have it delivered. However, we've also adopted another thing with that. There's, we have four lap, shared lap lanes, so two people lane, and four private individual lanes. So there's a lot of confusion going on saying, I reserve a shared, a, a private lane, you know, there's someone swimming in here, they want me to share, and blah, blah, blah. So now we institute a wristband, my front desk manager loves me, uh, we instituted a, a wristband that has uh, you know, shared lap lane. So when I'm standing there, I have the, you know, I have the purple with the shared lap lane, and I have the green with the with the, the single lane. So we will migrate from four and four down to six and two. And we let members know that. Um, so that, that's an evolution. But what we're delivering is we're delivering really good customer service. And the last quick thing is our recreational, recreational outdoor pool summer complex, which is so popular. And we're so lucky. That's why we're ramping up so quickly, which is nice, is, is the whole outdoor pool experience. But we'd also have times pre-COVID where it was packed and people come out and we we're at our limit. And we had to tell people go inside the indoor splash park and disappoint people. And so we have a reservation system for the outdoor swim complex system. So we, we're probably gonna, we're gonna keep it the way it is right now in, in two hour increments, about hour 45 with a 15 minute changeover. But it's uh, 10, 12, two, four, six, um, but as we move through the summer and can navigate uh, just everybody's positioning and bather load, we'll probably end up, you know, stretching out to only like three sessions. And but we think that reservation system will stay because that will work out really, really well for us. So anyway, reservation systems. We know one and quickly number two would be the fitness floor. Um, you know, our fitness team, whether they're new and they, you know how it is, we're constantly telling them to be engaged with people out there. They're getting engaged with members because they're complaining about someone not wearing their mask, right? Like that, that's always been going on. So they're getting them, they're talking to them. So when this kind of goes away, it's like, hey guys, go out and engage people. You know, it's, it's not a one-way street, the new reaction. And now, as you can imagine, they have kind of a negative experience. Oh God, they're coming to me. Are they going to complain about a, you know, about a mask? So let's get them proactive and remind them how it really should be. So those are two things. Yeah, great points. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the reservation system. I do think convenience is something that consumers these days are expecting more and more. That was pre-pandemic, and I think that just kind of accelerated things with how easy it was to, uh, you know, do DoorDash. Definitely saw people taking advantage of that. Mobile reservations. Um, I'm curious, are any of you adding um, things that make it more convenient for your members, such as online join or online cancellation or reservation systems beyond Weymouth Club? We added the online joining. I mean, well, technically we had it before, but it's it's been really pushed heavily um, since, uh, probably I guess, during COVID, because we just like what Paula was saying, we really just wanted to see what are the ways that we can make things more convenient. Um, and we found really quite a good surge um, with the online join process um, and just how many people are going through that and then tailoring that whole experience as well, too. Um, so that's been a really good positive for us. Um, it's been our goal to really kind of increase that moving forward as well um, and just tracking that same system. Um, and we've worked out the kinks now to make sure that they, they have that same onboarding experience now as well um, as somebody walking through the doors. So they're getting the same uh, opportunities to get through that pre-training assessment. They're getting the same opportunity to get that hydro massage um, in the first month um, and all those different things that are included into the membership um, in their first, first time with us and whatnot too. Uh, but that's been really awesome. Um, and then the other convenience things I would say is like maybe small things. Um, we're not doing reservation systems like Jeff. That just wasn't, that was never a part of us um, and just would be too difficult to implement in the systems that we had. Um, and unfortunately, our members are, are decent enough to understand that within our centers too. But small things just like self check in. Um, so rather than using a trigger gun, um, you know, just having like that little thing at the front desk where they can scan themselves um, and simple things like that. Yeah, well, that's great. Evan. I think Adrian brings up a good point. I mean, you if you're going to have reservation systems, if you're going to go all in like Jeff is doing, which Jeff, I agree with you, we are doing the same thing. We're going reservations for a lap swim, for group exercise, for kids club, all areas that we didn't have reservations before, right? And so I think you're giving the members, you're setting the expectation of predictability and they know that they're going to be able to come and get, you know, their expectation is to get a good swim in or get a good workout or my kid is going to have a spot in kids club. But on the other side of that sword is that you're going to have to manage those systems and you're going to have to make sure that things are accurate. And are you going to have wait lists and who's going to, who's going to be in charge of those wait lists and it, it's a different type of business model and it definitely creates a little bit more stress and some more workload for your team. But I think in the end, if you have the right operating system, if you have the right pieces uh, built in, it can definitely provide an exceptional experience for the member. And, and you want to, um, you also I'd add to that is you want to be prepared to lose some memberships from it. Now, what I mean by that is there's going to be a few, and we weighed this all out going back to the lap swim example. Someone wants to swim for two hours. You know, we that may not be possible. You may have to go to that off-peak time and inconvenience because you're that one two-hour swimmer, if you will. Um, but we saw it as we're going to service a lot more memberships. Um, you know, and then we've always had kids center reservations prior, and we've always stuck to that and designed that because we wanted the best experience and safety for the kids with staff ratios and all that. We did it for staff ratios managing the experience. But there's some parents that are like, I cannot plan this far out in advance. I, I, you know, we allow six days in advance. So if it's really peak time, they have to plan to bring their kids 
at that time. And if they're not structured, some people aren't, they're like, this annoys you know, the crap out of me and I'm gonna cancel. So you have to be prepared to lose that membership because someone just doesn't function that way. Um, so those are the gives and takes to uh, what Evan was talking about as well, so. Yeah, I think, I think Jeff, that, you know, uh, right now members are more accepting to change than they've ever been in the past. Mm -hmm. And if you're gonna make some hard decisions, if you're gonna make some tough uh, operational changes, this is probably the time to do it. For people that are listening on the call, I know I've made a couple really hard, hard calls where I'm going, geez, I don't know how many members I'm gonna lose from this, from this decision, but ultimately I wound up pleasing 98% of the members and only 2% were really upset with it. But it substantial impact on the overall experience in that, say, the, that department. So don't be afraid to take some chances on things that maybe you've been waiting on for years because members are definitely open to change right now. Because I think it goes back to Paul's comment, which is make it easy to do business with you. And only you can determine it makes it easier to do business or it makes it harder for you to do business. So it's got to weigh that out. Say so that's the benefit of these types of calls, um, you know, that have come out of COVID is that there's more of these types of calls, more of these types of panels for us to learn what have other people done, um, including like Rex Roundtables. I mean, we were going calls weekly to find out, Evan, what are you guys doing at your guys club or um, in Chicago, what are you guys doing at your guys club? So also it doesn't have to be that you're necessarily the first one to vet it out or try it, but you're able to see um, if Evan loses half of his membership. <laughs> Learn not to, yeah. not to if, you could, if you could not be the first, that would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. um, Rachel, I'll just add one other thing. We're, we're from a convenience standpoint, we've, our state made reservations a mandate for us from the beginning. So we've had to do them the whole time. Our members got used to it. So we will continue doing reservations for lap swimming um, because our pools are so packed and they do enjoy knowing because they can look at the whole reservation and go, okay, this is when the, the pool is going to be the least crowded and I'd like to have my lane to myself or only have two people in the lane with me and so forth. So they can make decisions that way. We also, even though we went to level clear with capacity, we did, we have kept our group reservation, um, our group fitness reservation system in play. Again, just kind of as a transition going so cold turkey with the masks, keeping some sort of um, consistency from before is just kind of helping people ease in. So that that is a, a piece that we're keeping just for the time being and we'll transition out. And one other thing that became a convenient factor that we're probably going to continue, and this is only if you have space in your facility to do it, we had individual studios that we made available for private use. Because if you were in a room by yourself, you could take your mask off. Or if you were in a room by yourself with you know, another member of your same household. So you could reserve those rooms. So our small group personal training studio, when we didn't have a class or a trainer wasn't using it, a member could reserve that spot. Well, they've gotten so used to having this individual workout place by themselves. When we wanted to take it away, people are like, wait a minute, I really like using that. So now we're trying to just figure out how to still have some of those studios available because it became a convenience thing for them. And we don't want to pull back on something that a lot of people got used to and enjoyed. So trying to find that balance of what you're going to bring back and what um, you're going to continue offering because it was a value add for the member. Yeah, for sure. April, is there anything that you want to add on convenience? Uh, yeah, um, we talked about tools and, and things. Um, I do want to say that we will still um, continue our virtual 
um, platforms and our um, online classes during this time, um, just to give people that option that, you know, they still don't feel comfortable coming in. We want to make sure that we put something out there where they can still feel like they're connected and apart. Um, and just to, to go back to, um, you know, making it easy to do business with us, I think um, our uh, one of our Rex Roundtable members, uh, Mark Miller, used to say, um, we get one hour to work with these people. We get one hour to make their lives better. And I just, I always remember that just, oh my goodness, I get an hour to do something to make an experience um, beneficial to this person. And I mean, it's an opportunity. The oper operative word there is we get to. And so we want to take full advantage of that. We want to make it easy for them to come in and work out during that off time, during that downtime or um, on their lunch hour, whatever it is. And I, I always remember that in the back of my mind. Yeah, I'll I love add, that. I'll add one thing to that, feedback on that is that what I cover in our new hire meeting is that our goal is to make somebody feel better when they leave than when they first came in. And that's the goal. And when you know you have a poor customer service is when someone leaves, <laughs> not feeling better when they first walked in, then we failed. So that's uh, something we preach to all the employees. Yeah, great points, guys. Um, well, I'm just curious, you know, what else do you guys will be really important for retaining members in the months ahead? What's going to be a key focus for you all and how you retain members or what advice could you just share with other operators as to how they could keep their members for as long as possible? Adrian, let's start with you. Yeah, I think it's, you know, one of the things I think that was mentioned earlier was knowing who you were, who you are, and what do you want to be as a business? Um, so, and really sticking to that consistency from person to person that you can't have one system for, or one acceptance policy for Jane Doe, and then another one for John Smith, um, and then another one for whoever else, right? Being consistent and really fluid in how you are going to move forward um, I think has been really one of the big key aspects for us to be, uh, to have the successful growth that we've had so far um, and continue, continuing to keep people moving forward. So um, really focusing on that has been huge uh, for us. And so um, I'd say the other things is just going back to, you know, what we've been talking about throughout this whole time, you know, making sure that we're constantly evaluating, are we doing the right thing for the members? Um, you know, are we, do we have the best processes in place? Um, what things can we adjust or how do we make things easier for, for the client to do business with us? And so just that constant reevaluation um, and then going back to maybe one of the first things that we just discussed also was, you know, as these people come back, you know, treating them like they're new again. Um, that's, that's, that's been a welcome thing for, for those members who are coming back because a lot of them forgot. I mean, they may not remember how to use X, Y, and Z. They don't, they don't remember what their program looked like before. So um, trying to make it easy for them to get back into those systems and inviting them and making sure we're just constantly keeping in touch um, and giving those opportunities for them to, to continue to grow with us. Awesome. Evan, would you like to weigh in? Yeah, I think, you know, no matter what club you have or what type of business you have, you're going to have to have some form of customer engagement survey system or measurement tool. I mean, we use Medallia pretty religiously. Um, I don't know about the rest of the people on this call, but we have, we have not been responding to our medallion surveys over the last, you know, few months, just because we're going to, again, I told giving people space, but prior to that, we were obsessive about responding to those surveys, making sure that people felt heard. Number one, just be heard. 
right? You don't have to agree with them. You know, you don't have to change everything up based off of every survey, but make sure the people feel heard. And then use that data and that information to make the changes into your operations. If you have bad data, you're just making decisions based off of feeling. You're not really making educated decisions. So it's really, really important to commit to it because I know a lot of people either have some form of a survey, whether it's Medallia or 360 or a lot of different other uh, formats, but you have to commit to it and you have to have a team that owns it and that is passionate about it and really wanting to move the needle and make change because that's really what I think led to retention during our tough times in COVID and pulling people back. We're a pretty high price point, right? And so that's what kept people paying even when our doors were closed. So I think if you, uh, if you have that, that tool, make sure you pay attention to those numbers just as much as you do your financials. Yeah. Yeah, does anyone else have a feedback tool? And if so, has that been helpful and have you been answering it during this time? Yeah, we've been, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Aiden. Go ahead, April. We, we um, definitely use um, Listen360 um, pretty religiously. And we have, we turned it off and then we turned it back on. Um, it, it's valuable and it lets us give immediate feedback. Um, the, the members feel pretty comfortable with giving the, the feedback. Um, I'm not sure if they feel comfortable once I contact them with continuing on with the feedback, but it is helpful in, in that regards. And we also just um, build that relationship with them and allow them to come speak with us about anything that's affecting them in the club. Um, they have no problem telling us when something is broken, when something is not working. And we want to keep that policy, that open um, communication and relationship with them so that they do feel um, comfortable and, and let us know what's going on because we don't always know. So that's that's one of the things that we use. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, um, uh, we, we, we responded constantly. We, we, I don't think we ever turned it off, actually. Um, we just had it on. And then we had our team just responding to all the Medallia comments. Um, some of them we would ignore, you know, the, the ones that were just way out there and we've actually even ended memberships, um, from some of the comments that would come back through there as well, too. Um, because it really just kind of showed a little bit, uh, of those, of, of some members, their, their true colors in a sense. I mean, and I think out of all this, it's shown a lot of people's true colors. Um, and it's allowed us to say, okay, who do we want to have in the club and who do we not want to have in the club? Like, uh, there's, it's definitely made it really clear that there's certain people that we don't want to have um, within the centers. Um, and so we've made some hard decisions on that, um, even as recently as this week too. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jeff, go ahead. Yeah. We use constant contact, uh, to what we, uh, had Medallia. We paused it for right now. And I love those guys. Love the product. We just, our staff's just too overwhelmed to, to, to quite frankly handle that right now. But, you know, once we get through all this, we'll, we'll turn that back on. But, um, we use constant contact uh, strategically to reach out to, at the time, all the frozen members and all the canceled members. And we did a survey and we said, why have you not come back to the club? So I, you know, I have this report here. I don't know if you can see it. Anyway, so this is, this is just, this gives us an idea of a couple of things we put on there is I'm, until I am fully vaccinated, um, mask requirement is removed, the highest one, uh, you know, more programs and classes are offered. So 
we're going to be able to now take this data and we're going to be able to communicate with this group as we start to uh, have them come back to the club and target them and, and experience. So constant contact could be a great tool to use from a, a marketing and promotion and communication standpoint as well. Yeah, that's great to know. Paul, anything that you want to add on this? Yeah, we use MXM Medallion. We've used it the entire time. We used the special survey that we did, you know, that they put out when we were shut down. We took advantage of that and then immediately went into taking um, feedback because it, it has been, oh my goodness, we started using it in 2012, I think. So it's been a long time and we've made very valuable changes to the club based on the, the survey responses and feedback from our members. So for us, it's been a really important tool. It also helps us feel what the energy and what what is happening in the club. I mean, we've seen it. When we went to 10% capacity, the surveys got mean and nasty. Mm. Now that we're opening up, the surveys are, I mean, it's it's five star, everybody's happy, everybody this. So so the this roller coaster ride that we've been on over the last year, the, the surveys were pretty consistent with that too. But we never stopped, you know, listening to them. We we do believe that it's an invaluable um, piece of of information and is going to continue um, helping us plan for the future and dictate what we need to do. One other thing that we've just noticed is we're not a, a type of a club, our price point is very high. So we're not a type of a club that gets a lot of Yelp and Google reviews. Google reviews skyrocketing and five star, five star, five star, five star. Everybody is just feeling really good about things right now. And so, um, it, that, that energy is contagious, definitely, and goes to, you know, goes to us, goes to our members, goes to everybody. So um, those things are happening. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I don't want to lose the topic from the beginning that I just want to say a couple of things, um, you know, going back to how to get people integrated, coming back to the club. You know, one is the goal ultimately is they got to build a relationship, right? You've got to make sure they connect with somebody. And two is into programming. They gotta ideally be getting if it's not a connection with a relationship that they can really build from, then it's a, a program to support for their needs and what they look for. So that's the ultimate, you know, goal that we're trying to achieve. One of the things that we're looking to implement, we did during the, the tough times coming around, is we did a town hall. We did a Zoom. Since everybody's used to Zoom, it's a great tool that we consider for a new member Zoom call. You know, every month or twice a twice a month, and doing just this. And I lead it and, and say, hey, you know, gives a platform. We have a lot of families joining here. They got three kids in tow screaming and they're trying to absorb everything as we talked about before. It's, this is a great platform that we should really think about using uh, onward um, and doing those, those Zoom. And the other thing is we've sent out specific emails to new members based upon, you know, who they are and what type of membership. And, and senior is a great example. Seniors have a hard time to find their path because we have a water fitness schedule and then we have a group exercise schedule. And then there's this type of program going at this time. And it, it's very confusing for them. So we consolidate that information, sort of like a senior, you know, flyer that we've done over the years. It's worked really well. Well, that's, that could be another great uh, communication tool with them and having this condensed senior uh, information for that, that, uh, that membership type. Yeah, that's great. Evan, were you going to add something? Oh, no, I just, I'm, I'm glad to hear that everybody's had the same struggles as that I had with you know the membership base and everybody's aged at the same rate that I have for over the last year. Um, no, it's just it's incredibly important to to listen to people right now and 
And again, not just not just your members, but your staff. I mean, really make them an important part of this. I think April talked about that and everybody pretty much on this call has talked about it, but your staff is gonna be the one leading the charge. And so really making sure they feel supported and they feel like they have the tools and that you have their back, that's really what's going to be pushed out there into the membership base is really starts with the staff first. So engage them, give them the tools, give them some leadership training, and let them know that you trust them and then get out of their way because we've micromanaged probably six ways, you know, to Sunday, you know, this entire time through, you're going to now need to just trust your staff. You've done the right training and get out of their way and let them lead the charge. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we got about four minutes left. So I want to give each of you an opportunity to share a final tip. Maybe, you know, if there's one thing that club operators should be doing regarding member engagement or retention, what would that one thing be? Um, Paula, let's start with you. Uh, may I say two things real fast though? Yep. One is the question that all of us were asking all year long, are they going to come back? I think that you've already heard from us that they are coming back. So we were all scared to death. Once they've left, are they going to come back? They are coming back. So that's some positive information, definitely. Things are opening up. People missed you. So trust, trust that you've done a good job during this time, and they will come back. The second is, um, oh, I lost it. So go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, we have time. You can add it. April, you go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I would want to just add... Um, I think community is extremely important. And that's one thing that I learned throughout this entire year is um, it goes beyond um, a physical building. Like our group fitness um, members, our um, regular silver sneaker members, I mean, they all love to work out together and they, um, they're more motivated. And I think they feel better when they're in that, that um, um class together. So I think what I learned is, is it's very important to have that community built into your, your um, retention and um, re-engagement and continue to um, build it. I mean, it's just extremely important to um, bringing those members back. And if I had one thing I would say for a club operator at this time is just to continue to serve exceptionally well. I mean, you can't go wrong with serving. You can't go wrong with um, seeing three things through that lens and just um, making your, your members your priority. Yeah, great advice. All right, Jeff, what's your final piece? Uh, two things, one is that you should, it, it all happens when they come in and join. And then that you got, you got as we know, you got 15, 30 days, that's, you, you got it. So the things we're talking about, you gotta get them in place. You gotta make sure they're working. You should spend a lot of time on it to retain them. Um, so, so really, really focus on what you're doing right from the beginning. And what are you implementing in those first 15 to 30 days? And getting, the second thing I'll say is get your staff bought in to the vision and the full vision of where you're going. So we, being a sports guy, when we went through this whole thing, I said, this is a four quarter game. It's a four quarter game right now. And I sort of created this mental roadmap for the team. I said, the first, you know, we're going through, you know, the easier quarter, the first quarter through shutdown. Uh, we're going to go through the better quarter. It's a little more exciting in terms of the fact that we're now open and we're going the third quarter, the end of the third quarter into the fourth is one of the hardest things you've ever experienced, which was we went into the surge and it was just awful. The membership just kept dropping and all that. 
And then the fourth quarter coming out of it, we're going to start re-energizing the right. So now you should create whatever your vision and your roadmap is for your staff in getting back to full. What is that? What is the roadmap? How are you judging it? What are your KPIs? What are you doing? The, what I did is the EFT is the most critical thing for us that has to come back. Tennis is doing great. Or what? So everything, a lot of our programming are all coming back. Camps are sold out, blah, blah, blah. But the EFT is the main thing left. And so we have a, we have a vision and a pathway for a six-month plan with the EFT. And we're, we're, we have the benchmarks and we, we go through new membership sales. And I have a best, middle, and worst case scenario and how that EFT ramps up. And we report back every month to the, the management team. Here's where we are. Where was our sale units? Where was our retention? Where was our upgrades and downgrades? So somebody downgrades from a family to an individual, upgrades from an individual bank. So they understand that part of the business now critical that EFT pathway is. So we all know the cancellation contribution is all about retention. So they're bought into that meeting and they're watching those numbers. So that vision pathway would be really helpful for your internal team to feel like I'm in a game and, I, and this is the plan. Yeah, certainly. Love the sports analogy. Mm. All right, Evan, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, I'm, uh, going off what Adrian said, uh, it's kind of know who you are, right? Uh, you got to know exactly what your facility is and who you stand for and whether it's the principles and values that you have and what you were founded upon, um, what you teach to your staff. You know, at, at Stafford Hills, we have our five-point pledge, which we live and breathe by. Um, and those principles guide us through all the tough times, right? So you have to stick to those, right? You stick to those principles and values. And, and I think that's what you're going to differentiate yourself from the competition. And that's the other part to this is that you're going to need to differentiate. As Paula said, every, you know, people are coming back, right? And you're going to have this small window of time where a lot of people are in the marketplace looking for a place for fitness and looking for community, as April said. And community is important. And you either bring them in your community and make them feel part of that community or you isolate them. If they're isolated or they're feeling not connected, they'll go somewhere else because that's what's been missing this entire time is that's why we, we refuse to say social distancing in our club. We always said physical distancing because we didn't believe in social distancing. We didn't, we didn't believe that people should be socially distant from others. You can be physically distant, but when you come into our club, we're going to connect with you. We're going to make you part of that community. And that's what's going to differentiate from the competition. Yeah. All right, Adrian, what do you and the dog have to say for final thoughts? Uh, yeah, so I, I think I would end by saying really focus right now as your traffic's picking back up and everything is get back to the basics of everything is as your traffic picks up, you're going to tend to miss a lot of different things because you're starting, you're getting excited about everything else, but we often lose sight of what are the basics? How should we answer the phone? How, you know, as simple as that, how do you answer the phone? Make sure you say hellos and goodbyes. Um, make sure you're going through X, Y, and Z step when they get signed up on their membership. Cause it gets so, it's so important to make sure that those basics are always hit. Like that's the foundation of everything. Um, that's actually what we've been doing over the last several weeks at our clubs is really just hammering that out because we knew that people were going to start coming back through um, once these things started getting lifted back up. Um, it's just making sure that when they came back in, that they were going to have that same exact expectation and see those same exact things that they, they expected from us from day one. Um, so really hammering that out, really, really just trusting that system as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we are unfortunately out of time. I appreciate, appreciate each of you so much for sharing um, each of your individual experiences and advice. 
and attendees. Thank you so much for tuning in and everyone have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye guys. Thank you, Rachel. Bye. Thanks, Thanks guys. Bye guys.